Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. We're back with another episode of Basic Cryptonomics, and there's been a lot going on, not only in the world of crypto, but also in the world of Basic Cryptonomics, because if you aren't following us on YouTube, there's a lot of information being shared there and a lot of commentary that's, of course, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, along with all of our other various platforms where Basic Cryptonomics is found, in addition to our other podcasts that are available, Gentleman's World, which is where a lot of guests have been coming on the show chatting with us. And then for the love of boxing, which is increasing in popularity ever so ever so slowly and ever so cautiously as boxers have been getting upsets recently, we cover that as well. So if you're into the boxing game, we recommend you check that out. Let's go ahead and get into our cryptocurrency news. And fortunately, the news hasn't changed significantly. There's a couple of things that stood out that I felt were worth your time, in my personal opinion. First of all, if you didn't know, with the whole proof of work, you know, energy uses deep, deep, deep. NVIDIA GPUs, graphics cards, have been in high demand because they're the primary way for regular people like you and me to be able to mine and then get paid in cryptocurrency. NVIDIA had released newer versions of their cards and they purposely had throttled the cards. So they basically said, what we're going to do is we're going to make the cards less efficient to essentially force you to buy these other cards that we just released that are designed for crypto mining and they're way more expensive. Well, some hackers didn't like this too much and some hackers allegedly got into NVIDIA's network, stole some data and they are holding it hostage and they're saying, you better remove all this garbage that you did on the GPUs to make sure that we can mine it freely, openly, or you're not getting this back. Apparently it's a big thing and NVIDIA claims that it's not a big thing, but apparently it's a big thing because what people want is that the graphics card is just a graphics card and how we choose to use it is up to us because, of course, we bought it and it, we own it because we paid for it. So that was an ongoing situation. I do think that there's a, a case to be made. I normally don't support hacking, but there's a case to be made for this idea that we're going to just completely throttle something that you bought. Like, could you imagine if your car was purposely throttled remotely after you bought it because somebody felt that we just want to change the speed limit. And so now your car will automatically lower its speed, its maximum speed down to like 45, just because somebody has forced it. Or one thing that was talked about is on the roads that we have some pads. And when your car drives over the pads, it automatically will prevent the car from exceeding the speed limit in that area. It's the same type of thing. And so I, I'm never a fan of anything that arbitrarily changes the behavior of something you agree to. Same with jobs. If you agree to terms on a job and the offer letter, I don't expect those terms to substantially change. Once you get into the job, it should be. It is what it is. This is what I agree to. If you want to have different terms, we need to do a new agreement. And that may mean a pay rate change. They don't do that. They just kind of impose things upon you at the late game. Same thing with this NVIDIA business. So, Again, I don't support hacking, but I do support them holding NVIDIA accountable for something that was really a kind of sketchy move. With some Russia and Ukraine news, of course, that war is going on. There's a rumor, and it's not confirmed, but there's a rumor that Binance, and by Binance, I mean Binance.com, is blocking Russian-issued bank cards where they're not allowing them to use fiat to deposit and then do cryptocurrency. This is... Now, Binance claims that it's a temporary glitch and they're working it and they're figuring out what's going on. It's got to be an error. We didn't block anything. It just was very intriguing that it so happened to be cards in Russia. And so they traced it back to the uh, cards that are issued from a specific bank. 
And this bank apparently is the one that's predominantly being affected. Now, what's not known is, is it the bank that somehow did something or flagged something or changed something? But it also is weird that it's only Binance.com. So that's an ongoing thing. And it ties into the next bit of news. I don't really want to call it news, but it is kind of news. So Hillary Clinton, who just won't go away, has come out and she has been very adamantly uh, vocal about her displeasure with the Biden administration not call, not calming down and saying, you know what, we got to lock down these exchanges. We can't allow any of this crypto access for in or out of Russia. So I think you should just do an executive order and lock it all down. Because, of course, the thought, and it ties to the next bit of news, but the thought is that with the sanctions from the Biden administration and from other countries, that Russia would then turn to cryptocurrency to get around the sanctions. It's always been a theory. It, that's an ongoing situation. And so the thought was, no, just lock down crypto too. Just basically do executive orders, violate people's rights, and just lock down cryptocurrency. Of course, there's not really much that Biden can do because many of the exchanges they would use aren't in the United States. And even the ones that that behave, you know, in the function of the United States, they're still free to operate international like Binance, right? Binance.com blocked all U.S. people, but Binance U.S. is a completely independent something. So Biden couldn't really do anything to stop Binance.com. If Binance.com wanted to allow them to conduct business, there's not really anything that they could do. So Hillary's just blowing smoke and for whatever reason, she won't go away. And I don't know why that is because her husband's gone away, but she won't go away. And I don't know what that is, but She's just trying to appeal to, if you listen to my past episode, I said that I don't agree with the whole taking sides with the whole Russia situation. And I certainly don't want to see that anybody in America is doing something that's just going to piss Putin off and call him to call in the nukes, right? I think we should basically just let them do what they need to do out there as long as they're not broaching our territory, broaching our borders or somehow interrupting NATO allies or doing something that is in direct violation of something that we agreed to, I think we need to just let the thing kind of way out. Now, that said, somebody else in NATO might say, you know what, we need to have a vote on this and we collectively think we should do this, then that's a different thing. But none of them have said anything. It's just Hillary talking smoke. So that's, uh, I think it's a risky thing because again, Putin has already said, if you get in the way, you're not going to like what we do. And remember that Russia is the second holder, largest holder of nukes and nuclear uh, warheads and things. So I, I just don't think that we should actively try to piss the man off any further. That's just how I feel about it. Speaking about that whole situation, the United States Treasury, it, they seem to think that people are, people, when I say people, I'm talking regular investors like you and me, are actively working to using cryptocurrency to aid Russia. Now, this kind of gets a little bit sketchy because the Patriot Act is one of those laws, and then there's other others, but the Patriot Act stands out to me, in certain people being flagged because they're believed to be financially aiding another country that is in a wartime situation or is suspected of terrorism or something else. So there could be some chats happening, and this is coming from the OFAC is what the orgs call Office of Foreign Assets Control. What could happen is them start to talk about, okay, we need to start controlling any sort of flow of capital, regardless of its form, whether it's fiat or whether it's cryptocurrency, anything, whatever. We need to, you know, get involved. We need to stop all this and start monitoring it. And then you start getting into Patriot Act rules and that kind of stuff. 
And that's a huge, huge red flag for cryptocurrency because it totally flies in the in the face of the anonymity that cryptocurrency has. So the first vector they would go after would be the crypto exchanges. Now, the crypto exchanges, here's the thing. They don't want to put any bans or locks on anything because it totally contradicts the spirit of cryptocurrency. However, if the governments require them to, they will lock accounts, block accounts, freeze assets. And so people have been trying to say, myself included, telling people, if you listen to one of my past episodes, I said, wallets versus exchanges, don't leave cryptocurrency in an exchange. It needs to be in your own wallet so that it's reasonably safe from any sort of disruption. Because if it's in your own wallet that's offline, the only way they could get to it would be via blockchain. And they can't really do anything when it's in the blockchain without your private key. And they wouldn't get your private key unless you gave it to them. So ideally, when you want to hold your cryptocurrency, you would want it left in your wallet, held in your wallet, safe from any sort of this disruption. It would be the same thing as putting money in your physical wallet in your back pocket. That is not subject to the rules of like a Patriot Act or anything else. OFAC has no authority over what's in your physical wallet. That's the beauty of cash or fiat and other currency. So this whole thing might turn into some more noise around cryptocurrency and you know the terrorism war and helping other countries and all this where we might start seeing some you know speed up of laws and things getting passed to try to lock it down and you know various exchanges have said if they force us to do it we will lock it and sometimes we won't even be able to tell you because that's another thing in patriot act is if they believe that telling somebody would create a risk of national security they don't even have to tell you that that's happened so I guess my encouragement to you is if you are in an exchange and your currency is in exchange, I know the ease of the exchange, there's an appeal to it or you're doing limit orders or whatever. I'm telling you in my recommendation, don't leave anything in an exchange, especially not now. Make sure it's in a private wallet. If you need to buy and sell and quick transact, put it in, do it and get it out. Don't leave it there because you just don't know because you, you can't know how the exchange will react. Some exchanges will just say, Oh, you want us to ban Russia? Okay, we'll just shut down completely. Some will do that, especially some of the smaller ones. So I'm just making that recommendation. You can do how you choose. I'm recommending to you that you do not leave any crypto in uh, an exchange for an extended period of time. On the flip side, though, there are some financial so-called experts. And if you heard me before, I said that experts sometimes refers to expertnant because some financial experts, especially ones in the blockchain and in crypto uh, community, they think that the whole, you know, they think that Russia is not using cryptocurrency to get around sanctions. We know that's, that's nonsense. We know that they are because they've actively said, you know, how can we get cryptocurrency kind of put to the forefront? They got rid of the ban. They started being open up to the digital cryptocurrency, the stable coin of their own. They've, they've done things to kind of speed up that process. So we know that they're doing it, but people, so-called experts, claim no that's not going to happen they're not going to do it it's totally unfounded it's it's not true it's all fud don't worry about it he's trying to sanction proof it he's trying to diversify he's trying to do onshore bring it back home trying to move to asia like he's trying to make all these excuses i'm telling you right now and the theory is that there's just too much money in order to use crypto and i'm telling this guy in my mind he's it's not true Putin is actively trying to use cryptocurrency. Now, what his motivations are, we don't know. But we know that Putin's actively trying to use cryptocurrency to generate revenue because of the sanctions that are happening. We know that's happening. Blockchain's public. So because we know it's happening, 
Question is, what happens as a result of this? We, that's what we don't really know. So that's an ongoing situation as well. On the other flip, and the last one that I will cover as far as news, Putin has come out and he says, okay, we right now, if you're a foreigner, right? So you're somebody that's not a native Russian. You didn't, you weren't born there, basically. You are, for right now, banned from pulling money out of Russia. If you are somebody who's outside of Russia and you're trying and you got money stored in a Russian bank account, let's say, this would mostly attack the businesses, I would suspect. But he's basically putting a temp- temporary ban on those. And the reason he's doing that is because he doesn't want, I guarantee you, it's because he doesn't want any of that money to be used in order to support the other side. Because what I said in the past episode was I don't like the support of taking a side. And I think there's a fear that there's going to be people taking sides. I also think part of this is the more money that flows out, the more damage it causes to their currency, which is the ruble. So if you have a bunch of money that's leaving and that money's not, because the problem is the banking system depends on having currency on hand. It depends on having, you know, a stable amount of currency, just like with stable coins and crypto, you've got to have currency on hand in order to support the regular fiat transactions that happen. So as people yank their money out of banks, it actually harms the fiat's value, its intrinsic value, for the same reasons as you would have a loss of value of cryptocurrency when people start yanking out and people start selling off. So I think he's. it's a two-parter. I think it's part of it is he wants to make sure money doesn't flow the wrong way as he expects. But I also think he's trying to prevent tanking of the fiat, and he's trying to pervert a crisis now, how effective and how successful he'll be, nobody really knows, but that's an ongoing thing as well, is uh, if you are part of a business or you work for somebody or you know somebody where they had accounts in Russia, they may be affected by this, where they're not going to be able to get their cash out of those accounts until Putin decides to release that ban, if he chooses to release that ban. That's enough for the news. And then on various cryptocurrencies, let's go down a list of some things that happens. A lot of things happen with cryptocurrencies and some of them I covered on YouTube and some of them I didn't mostly because there's a lot happening. Unfortunately, they're the wrong things in my opinion. And so I'll do the best to kind of go down the list to the point. I probably won't cover an underdog token to an extensive degree. I'll probably just introduce it at the tail end of this episode so I can keep this kind of quick, but Let's just go down the list here with Satama. Uh, I gave a pretty comprehensive update on YouTube on Satama. Feel free to check that out on CryptoTalkRadio.net and go to the YouTube link. But in summary, you know, Satama has been struggling because they can't seem to get a side of mask working. And then with the side of realty that they've been trying to get done, it depends on side of mask because they've wanted to have an exclusive token launching on side of mask. The problem is they can't get side of mask working so that every token they plan to have that's exclusive can't launch because it's waiting on Cytomask to be ready to go. Now, the claim is that Cytomask is available, and the claim is that Cytomask is working, and the swap is working on Cytomask, which again presents for the Cytomask Realty to go forward. This is after numerous delays, and I want to refresh everybody that Cytomask was due on November 13th, 2021. So here we are in March 1st. What they claim is that now it's ready to go, and it's got everything going. People are reporting that the swap is working. We're hearing that liquidity is being added. So that sounds like it's moving forward. And there's a couple of people that gave screenshots and everything else. So the question now is, is it truly ready? Number one, number two, are there any defects, bugs and everything else? 
the price has been suffering because of all the delays. And of course, I think more than the delays, honestly, is really going to be the the lies and misrepresentation from the team. Because you got to think about it. Regardless of the status of the project, when you release something to production that's not production ready, most people can let it slide as long as you're honest and say, you know what, we jacked up. And that's not what they did, and they basically lied to people. And so I think the there's been enough harm done. It's enough damage done where people have been, they're, they're less trusting of those devs. Okay, swaps are available, cool, but other things may come up, and then it's less about the things coming up and more about the loss of trust because a lot of people have dumped the project. Whether they'll FOMO back in is a different question. So we have to watch and see what that's going to look like and see how it's going to go with it. Again, it's not one where I am paying direct close attention to it because when they tell me that they proactively did test net and released it to production in that state, it tells me they don't really know what they're doing. So I'll watch as other people are going through it and using the tool and see that nobody's getting their stuff stolen and see that they're able to use it on an ongoing basis for the remainder of the year or if it you know crashes and burns and of course the desktop version is due we have to see what that looks like and see if it's going to be any better than the mobile version we also have to see all the other tokens that were supposed to go on sign a mask and see if that's going to uh, play a factor as well shib is continuing to have its issues because of the shibarium which isn't ready yet but shib of course had lost a lot of holders i think shib has lost a lot of steam not because of any other token, but because of itself, because of mistakes by the team. They've just not had the right decisions made. I suspect SHIB will recover. They're going to be doing the burn portal. There's an expectation of more rapid burns that should deplete the supply, although there's a lot to go, and they still haven't done the $1 trillion a day that I say they need. Because remember, there's $500 trillion still remaining in inventory. So let's we'll see how that one goes. Uh, Paratoken has not responded to my request to have them on the show. As of yet, they're kind of muscling for what they're doing. They're kind of all in with the NFTs at this point, which again, if you've heard me, I just think that NFTs are played out. It's not that they shouldn't do it. I just think they shouldn't focus on it. It should just be one of those, oh yeah, by the way type things. I think the focus, I'd like to have them on the show so I can talk through the focus I think they should have because once they hear it, I think it'll be a duh moment for them because it's something that I think they already know because they were in the military and anybody in the military would automatically resonate with what I would suggest and maybe they've tried it and it failed, but I think a different look is necessary. So I haven't heard back from them on that one. Green chart, to refresh on that one, that's the one where they allegedly gave the keys to that duck face photo girl and then she almost took away with the money. Apparently they were able to track her down they found the guy who was in charge of the project and they think that the guy was somehow in bed with, but pun intended, with this girl and that was part of the whole deal, like an inside job. So apparently there's a whole new team. They relaunched the contract or they're about to relaunch the contract, did a whole audit, but it's a whole new team, whole new process. And then they're shifting everything over to that one. So Green Chart is basically relaunching as a whole new version with a whole new brand and a whole new team for anybody that might be interested in it that's out there. Antis Enu. A lot of people were very pissed off because they looked at their wallet and saw their Antis Enu value had tanked to near nothing. And it's because Antis Enu sucks at social media management and doesn't know how to communicate and didn't follow our instructions because what happened is apparently Antis Enu had partnered up with some girl and they decided to create some utility called FitScript. And I didn't dig into it, but 
at some point they made a decision to basically launch, relaunch Antisenu as a fit script token and drop the Antisenu name. I don't know why they made that decision, but they made this decision and then the guy started shifting the liquidity over, which is what tanked the token. So rather than telling everybody that they're about to do this and telling them why and why it's a good idea, they just arbitrarily made that decision and then dumped the token's price. So a bunch of people were calling it a rug pull. It's not a rug pull. It is by definition, but it's not really because they are moving it to a new token. They Their problem is they only told people on Telescam. They didn't tell anybody on Twitter. They didn't tell anybody on their website. So nobody would know. And frankly, this fit script is going to fail because it doesn't have the same marketing presence that Antis did, which was Antis had a story behind it around the dog and, you know, the story around the, the mining equipment, we did a coverage on that one. I think Antis had a stronger story, and it was on a number of exchanges. I think where Antis went south is his rants about SHIB. So I think they're trying to realign, but it's kind of too late, and I think it's not going to succeed long term. That's my gut speaking on that one. So, again, if you were bought into Antisenu, if you were bought into SHIB, you got one Antisenu in your wallet. You probably didn't know it. If you bought into Antisenu, it is not a rug pull. It is by definition, but it's not functionally a rug pull they moved the liquidity to fit script and they're planning to airdrop anybody who's holding antis these new tokens these fit script tokens now i don't know how that would work if you bought antis in an exchange that's what i'm not sure of so i don't have any answers and unfortunately they're forcing you to go to telescam if you want to get any answers about that project i wish i had more information for you i do not Liberal financial is still stable, reasonably stable. Many people have commented that it's went down. It's only gone down like three tenths of a percent, like it's it's of a penny rather. It's it's not crazy down. It's stable. It's been stable pretty darn well, considering all the other projects that are out there. And I'll talk about those in a second. But it's it's had a little bit of sell off, and most of that is people that are just fomoing into another project. I'll cover here in a second. But it's been stable even regardless of that sell off. And most people are still benefiting from the, the rewards that they are getting. And then the rebases are still happening. They're just happening less frequently because the volume's down, which brings you to Titano. And of course, Titano's have major issues. If you bought into Titano, Titano is doing a V2 contract. The V2 contract is designed to address the issue I covered where they apparently had locked out some guy's tokens. He had like $4 million worth of tokens. He locked, they locked them out because he was dumping on them. And so this new contract, they're going to renounce the ownership so they don't have to be in the position of making that decision. And then addressing things like minting and other stuff that was in the contract that they never could before. So the whole new contract that they're going to come up with is designed to basically wipe their hands of the situation that they ran into. Which brings me to the new, I mean, I say new, but it, it just launched today, but it's been around for a little bit, Seifu. I covered Seifu on YouTube. I briefly talked about it on past episodes, but... Seifu is very similar to these other ones. The difference is it has a much smaller inventory to it, and it's headed up by a guy that everybody says is a scam artist. He's apparently been in charge of other rug pulls. So if you see Seifu protocol, S-A-F-U-U protocol, this is run by a guy who apparently has been in charge of other rug pulls. And so people think this is another rug pull. In fact, this went live. It was supposed to be a pre-sale. The pre-sale didn't work right, and so people couldn't sell. So then instantly people said, oh, rug pull, it's a scam. We knew it. This guy, he's going to cheat you and take your money. That's why the price is not able to fluctuate because nobody can sell because it's a pre-sale. Apparently, the pre-sale, pink sale, was not able to handle the 24-hour gap between pre-sale and launch, so they had to launch everybody. Well, the problem is everybody who pre-sold bought 
right? They're sitting on it and they can't sell for profits, which I think is good for the project. The problem is it basically validates what I said on YouTube, which is that people are going to FOMO into this thing. Then they're going to react to that green chart because nobody can sell off the pre-sale. And at some point it's going to tank because people are going to be dumping off sales once that opens up. The reason I'm so confident of that is that same thing that happened with EarnHub. The moment that lock was released, people dumped it and it never recovered. So I suspect that the rebase will help a little bit in maintaining the value. But I think it's one of those where just when you try to do those those creative gimmicks to preserve value, they never seem to work out. And, and then the fact that he's apparently been behind other scams doesn't lend any confidence to me, at least. If you want to buy into it, Seifu, by all means, it's up to you. It is live today. It's out there on the Binance chain. I'm not going to do any other coverage on it. I did pretty extensive coverage and put it on YouTube. I'm not going to do any additional because I don't think it's worth, I frankly don't think it's worth um, looking at, in my opinion, but I encourage you, if you are curious about it, take a look at it at safefood.com and see if that makes any sense for you. ETH fan token, now an ecosystem, has released what they refer to as the uh, ETH ban, uh, fan burn. And it's a secondary token. The presentation of this one, I was very concerned. And I know what they were trying to do. I don't think it worked the way they intended. So the plan behind this ETH burn token was as you buy it, it's basically giving you reflections in ETH fan token ecosystem, and it also does a burn, secondary burn to it. The idea was to help improve the value of the ETH fan token so that that increases the amount of rewards that you get in the Binance ETH. That didn't seem to work out because the value of ETH fan token ecosystem has been tanking ever slowly. As I look deeper into it, it turns out it's a volume problem. And I suspect, and this is my theory only, I didn't look deep into it, but I suspect what's happening is that the fan burn token had a very constrained inventory. And it got to the point where almost all tokens were in circulation, basically that you couldn't buy anymore because they were all bought by somebody and held by somebody. And I suspect that when you don't have people selling, that it tanks the value of uh, the volume rather of that token. And with this one not having any volume, that means there's no reflections happening on ETH fan token ecosystem unless people were to buy it directly and nobody would buy it directly and lose out on the reflections of the fan burn. So my theory, and it's only a theory, is that having this fan burn actually had the negative effect. It caused basically a, almost like a, you're almost like a robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? You have token A whose job, its sole purpose in being, is to improve the value and volume of token B because of activity. But you constrain the inventory on token A so much that everybody buys it and then everybody's holding it because by holding it, you get reflections. But the reflections are based on volume. And so when volume goes down because everybody's holding, then you're no longer getting as much reflections. And then that, of course, affects reflections of the EFT Binance. So this is all my theory. It seems like it didn't work out the way they expected. They're hyping it and they're cheering it and they're they're chomping at the bit on it. I just, it feels like it didn't really do what they wanted it to do. And it feels very similar to what happened with EarnHub, where with the Anyflect, really the Anyflect wasn't giving anywhere near as frequent as we might have expected because everybody's holding. Everybody just staked it and held and there's no enough, there's not enough volume. When you have a reflection mechanic, you got to have buys and sells. When the inventory is constrained, you're not going to have as much buys and sells, and that tends to harm the project. That's my theory. Again, I don't have any evidence. I'm going off what I see only. 
Parabolic, which I covered a little while ago. Parabolic is getting close to releasing its game, but it also started to go the ecosystem route, which really frustrated me, but they're starting to go the ecosystem route as well. And as a result, the volume started to spike a little bit. It's up to hundreds of dollars. Woohoo. So that started to get a little bit more traction. ID Finance started to get a little bit more volume as they started to do more marketing with the ID-verse and everything, but it's still nowhere close to where it should be. It's still at rock bottom based on the pricing I'm seeing. It's nowhere close to where it should be. And I'm not really sure that it ever will get back to that point. Uh, Any printer uh, was having some issues as well. Like many of these tokens that I've covered, we're all having issues. People will say, well, it's a bear market. I actually disagree because if you look at the price of Bitcoin in particular right now, but also Binance and many of the other main tokens, they're actually going up ever slightly. I do think they'll plateau. But it means that it's not really a bear market. It means that people are steering away from altcoins. That's what's happening. Why they're doing that, I have no answer. But I do think it's harder for tokens to stand out in the crowd. And I do think it's harder for them to sell people on the fact that they should buy an altcoin when Bitcoin is there jumping. Because there's that FOMO of the green chart on the Bitcoin side. There's also the business with Russia and Ukraine. And I do think that that's triggering some of the Bitcoin buys at least because there's a desire to help Ukraine. We know that there's some of this in terms of charity donations that's happening through cryptocurrency. So I do suspect that's having a somewhat of an effect. What we don't know is the impact on what the United States government's been talking about with their threats about, you know, energy use, deep, deep, deep. and then of course the, you know, we don't want you circumventing the sanctions on Russia and all that. We don't know what they're gonna do. If Biden's gonna toss out another executive order just because that's what he likes to do, or we don't know. So I think it bears time. Let's let the passage of time go forward and see where we end up. Hopefully it's not in a bad spot. Hopefully we end up in a very good position in the future. The last thing I'll talk about are NFTs, and it's not really news, but I just want to call to attention. Somebody reached out and they wanted to kind of talk about marketing of NFTs, and NFTs have a popularity to them. I also spoke to somebody on A Gentleman's World or other podcast. And she's hot and heavy into NFTs. So there will be at some point probably some coverage around NFTs, whether it's dedicated to NFTs or it's a, you know, some group discussion within a different episode. I haven't really decided yet. But just so you know, at some point there will be some NFT conversations. Now you've heard kind of my thought about NFTs in general. I don't personally see it feels like they're just saturated. It's not that I don't like them myself. I am not one that would spend money on them, but I understand that, that there's value to somebody, period. I just think that we've gone the wrong direction with what they could have been. I do think some of these artists are doing good work with it, with the music and you know, tying it to physical assets, I think has some value. I think there's some value to be said in certain use cases. I just think generally speaking, we've gone the wrong direction. However, these folks that I've been talking to may help change my mind and I want to make sure that I'm open and allowing that conversation to come to surface so you can hear it as well and make your own decision in case you were curious about NFTs. Perhaps you were thinking of creating an NFT or you're interested in buying NFTs and you wanted to have some NFT coverage. That will happen at some point. I can't tell you exactly when. I have to finalize conversations with the folks that I've encountered and then we will uh, take it from there. I hope uh, some of you've listened to past episodes. If you're a new subscriber that you've gone back in the archives and listened to some of our older episodes, especially the ones where we've had believes where we've had Mr. Sagala guests on the show that have talked about crypto from their perspectives to get a different angle on it, but also the older coverage that we've done. Cause we've gone through a lot of cryptocurrency and 
it's good to contrast what we said back then versus where we are now because it helps you understand it's a journey. That's my goal. That's my impression. That's my vision is that you realize it's a journey. Everything's a journey and it takes time for us to get to that point. So if you're right now feeling like, you know, we don't really know what's going on with crypto. I don't either. That's actually kind of the beauty of it is that nobody really knows what's happening with crypto, where it's going to go, how we're going to come out on the back end and how war disrupts what we normally would and should have. And I think people are just jumping into these random projects. They're just FOMOing into the next big thing or what they think is the next big thing. And that's causing a rise in rug pulls and scams. There's a lot more of them happening. We're seeing a lot more migrations. We're seeing a lot more tokens fail. It's getting worse before it's getting better. All I can tell you is at some point things will stabilize, but I think crypto is maturing. And with maturity, we're going to have to start talking about some regulatory things, unfortunately, and hopefully there's smart regulations. I'm not confident in the current administration and the current governments overseas seem like they're following the current administration's guidance, which kind of makes me nervous. But I am optimistic that there are people that are having a voice now that are speaking up and saying, yes, we need some regulations around this so that we can get crypto to be successful because it could help so many people. Um, and they're speaking up and they're, they're having a voice that just, I don't know how much impact it'll have because the person that's in charge seems like he's incompetent. So I would say be patient, buy some time, watch, wait, and see. And again, Bitcoin seems to be getting a little bit healthier and getting to a positive point. Ethereum is having a little bit of issues. There was a little bit of a delay. ETH2O, they're now saying sometime between 2022 and 2024. And mind you, it was first talked about in 2020. So they're having some issues. The idiot seems to think that we're on track to get to the proof of stake. And then the merger is what's taking so long. So that is moving forward. But with the delay, it means Bitcoin can take the forefront and hopefully get back to its positive price trends. The reason that I think it's being held back from where it should be is just because of the war. And until we know what's going to happen with the war, I think people are going to be a little bit nervous to invest further, but there are people that are buying it. So keep it on Bitcoin. If, if no other token, if there's no other crypto you watch, I say keep an eye on Bitcoin because Bitcoin, I think, is going to be the it's going to be the, the focus. It's going to be the one that we should watch to know what's the future of cryptocurrency in general, but also for stability reasons. We believe Bitcoin's not going anywhere. We believe that if anything's going to be banned, it would not be Bitcoin because it's too ingrained in our society and our culture. So if nothing else, if you build a portfolio, I do think you should have some Bitcoin in there, even if it's just a little bit and then just invest as you can rather than just jumping from token to token. Always make sure you got some Bitcoin because it seems like it's the mainstay. It seems like it's the one that just can't let us down. Even when it drops, it seems like it recovers. It just takes some time. Hopefully 2022 will be better than 2021 for everybody and we will get to a point where we can trust our crypto investments better than we can and have done in 2021. I just think we're going to need to get to November, get our hopeful blowout, get that, get this dude out of office, get back to some sanity so that we can start putting people back to crypto work um, and get things on a positive move. That's all I got for you here on the podcast. I would encourage you, um, and I will be back on our next episode on Thursday and I will be back on a underdog token because I do have one I wanted to cover just not today because I want to do a little bit more analysis on it but I do encourage you again to go back in the past archives and see some of the coverage that we did contrast with the performance now 
And the other thing is, if you have feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, anything, CryptoTalkRadio.net, we do have that form. I do read it all, and I do welcome it all, and I'd love to hear it. Also, if you're invested in a cryptocurrency and your project, you think there's value in having them come on the show and not only talk about the project, but also get questions because, you know, I'll ask them questions and hopefully we'll get some good answers. That helps the project because it'll help the investors know that they're serious about their project. I want to smoke. Tell them CryptoTalkRadio.net. Fill out the form to be a guest on the show. And I'd love to have them. I'd love to talk to them because I think it's important to be able to do that. Many tokens, I think, are there. It's easier to find scams than not scams. That's bad. We shouldn't be that way. So if you think your project is serious, if you're in one and you think that they are legit, tell them to be, tell them to send that form in and be on the show so that they can tell the world because we're worldwide. We have a worldwide audience now and that can only help crypto projects and it helps me because it helps me learn about those projects that maybe I wasn't aware of. I will check in with you guys on Thursday and again, I will be back with an underdog token. I think you'll be pretty intrigued with the one that I'm going to cover because it came somewhat out of nowhere. And it's one of those ones that's kind of like all the ones that are out there that are doing finance, but it's doing a little bit different. It's somewhat exciting to cover this one. Finally, to have one that sounds like it's credible other than liberal. And then I will also cover, uh, I'll circle back rather on Seifu and do a little bit more analysis. Now that it's live, I'll be able to do, I did a marketmove.ai review on it. I'll go over those findings with you. This will be on uh, Thursday's episode so that you can understand more fundamentals about that token in case you were watching that one. Take care. I will check in with you Thursday. <laughs>